Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Healing Business Podcast. And today I have the gorgeous Caroline here with me. Can I hand over to you to introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, thank you. Um, So I'm Caroline. I run a business called Sacred Moon. I'm basically an intuitive reader, healer. I do coaching with people, crystal energy healing. And last year, it was last year now, I published my first book, which um, is about coaching intuitives and empaths through like setting boundaries in this spiritual space. Um, because I was and still am to a degree because I don't think we ever perfect everything. Um, ridiculously bad at it. And none of the books, some of the books helped me. I wouldn't say they didn't help me at all, but there was definitely a gap between the sort of psychology style boundary books that were out there and fitting that in with my spiritual side. So I decided to kind of write my experience and what helped me heal to share it with other people. I love that. And it's, you're right but empaths and boundaries I mean I can relate to that big time Mm. in terms of um, when you can just feel other people's emotions it can be really difficult to want to let other people down or to say no Mm. because you know the effect that will have on them and and the consequence that will have on your own feelings right Mm. so or what you're perceiving to be your own feelings it's it's difficult because it's yeah and it it is that thing of that separation of the two because you're picking up so much on what they're feeling you take it on board yourself and that has huge consequence on us if we're trying to help people or around people but I think some of it for me was kind of this message when I was sort of my journey's kind of been split into I'd say like three or four chunks but in this latest one where I wanted to like help people more very early on, I would hear like, this is your purpose. This is what you should be doing. You're here to help people. So keeping that kind of, or learning that lesson, that I've got to help myself first. And then, you know, I can't give 200% every day was a really tough one to learn. But because I, uh, the sort of pressure of that, sometimes that you, you're living your purpose, you're here to help, you're here to help people message. Kind of, I was taking that more on board than I was the actually I've got to help myself first and look after myself first and then I can help other people better yeah and like you say then then you throw into that the the spiritual teachings of things like um and I'm not sure what your path has been around that but you know I lent heavily into Buddhist philosophy that's been a big part of my journey and that whole loving kindness piece and that whole you know um, I suppose it's a thread through most religions that kind of treating other people as you would want to be treated and you know trying to be the best person you can be and a kind person yeah and that definitely like you say it goes across I think everything doesn't it it's that that core thing of like do unto others as you would be done and all of that and it it can be a real drain so I found I couldn't say no to anything even the smallest things to the biggest things I would never kind of be like oh actually I'm really tired today I need to just chill out or I've got a migraine today I need to stop for a few hours I would just keep going and keep going and it got to the point where I um I've got like a medical condition where I get kidney stones semi-regularly unfortunately 
um, and I'd had a surgery to remove one uh, and there was some problems and I'd had like a stent fitted and was waiting for a follow-up surgery. And I was, you know, on quite a lot of painkillers, I think we'll describe it as, <laughs> that were prescribed yeah. by the hospital. So they weren't, you know, your average over-the-counter Nurofen kind of thing. Um, but I was taking Nurofen on top of them. And instead of saying to somebody, I couldn't drive to Cambridge to meet them, even though they would have been perfectly accepting of it and couldn't understand why I was insisting that I could do this journey, could do this drive. I, You know, to me, I'd arranged to do it. Yes, this surgery had come along since. But, you know, we power through. We do our thing. We do what we tell people we're going to do. We don't let them down. We don't make changes. So drove, well, set off on the journey um, and fell asleep at the wheel of my car because I was high on painkillers at the time to get through to make the journey so I fell asleep and wrote my car off by drifting into a lorry and that was the moment that I literally went you know when I got home that night I was literally like you might not you're so stupid you might not be like why this has got to that was like my moment of like this has got to change this is ridiculous you know it is and lean into everything you believe in to make those changes possible like and that's when I started doing a lot of work on like calming that people pleasing side of me uh, to a point where it could manage life properly instead of giving everything to everyone else to the point of near, literally near destruction. And my poor little red car being destructed. It was, I believe it was made into a cube shortly afterwards. Oh, bless you. But you're right, you know, sometimes we need that real dramatic wake up call, right? I, I know my journey was very similar. I, I had to give myself three autoimmune conditions before I started looking at what, what I was doing with my energy. So yeah. it, it is funny. But, and, you know, and the truth is, even now, I still, although I'm far more mindful of it, far, far more aware of it, I can still slip into that. I can still slip into the, you know, because I do, I genuinely want to help. And so that is really tough, like tough when um, you can feel you are just doing too much. But at the same time, you know, you can really help someone if you just do that thing. Yeah. But so even though I've written a book on it, and we'll tell people like, this is the stages I went through. These are the points in my life that made me look, you know, as I look back now, these were the things I still slip into it. I'll still like juggle, you know, sometimes, you know, sit there and just go, actually, why did I do that? I'm absolutely exhausted now. Like I, I knew that was going to be the outcome, but I still, we're not, we're not perfect. Do you know what I mean? We're here, we're doing the best we can. And that doesn't look like perfection. So I think it's just that thing of like, where I wouldn't have seen the signs before or afterwards before. Now, at least I acknowledge it. And I think that's a stage yeah. that is healthy to get to or the healthiest that we can get to of at least realising and, you know, putting, tr just trying our best for ourselves and the people yeah. that we help. So I would love to know then, what was it that brought you into this world? What what was the kind of, was that the catalyst or was there something before that? Because it sounds like you were helping people while you were on the way um, and was in that car accident. So what was, what was it that led you into this world of everything you're doing now? I think with me, it's, it's been there since I was really little. So I was the kid that if we went, to like a, a manor house or a historical house or one of those trips with school or with my parents when we were growing up. I was the kid in the gift shop that liked 
the shiny rocks and crystals. I was the kid that didn't play with dolls, played with animals. And, you know, my friends had Barbies and Cindy's and dollhouses. I had the Sylvanian family's house that I am still at 43, like so ridiculously excited that my nieces now play with Sylvanian families, but they're still around. It's amazing. Um, so I think like that side's always been there. As a, I was obsessed with star signs when I was a teenager. I literally, I still have some of the cutouts because I've kept them. I remember <laughs> there's when I was in secondary school, there was a, it was like Just 17 and it was the time of like Just 17 smash hits. Oh, yeah. It's so long ago, yeah. obviously. <laughs> That's just aged me. <laughs> and I remember I, Yeah, I remember like Just 17 had like uh, your future love life for each star sign and all of that. And it was like, you're going to marry somebody who's like, your love is somebody whose name begins with S. And at the time my high school crush with this guy called Simon, who I won't say a surname just in case. It's so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> and I was like, this is it. It's written in the stars. It says here, S. Do you know what I was like? Absolutely obsessed with everything that was in Just 17 stars. And bizarrely, I'm now married to somebody called Scott. Um, so to, stuff <laughs> like that. I just loved my star signs, lived by everything like that. When I first moved out when I was in my late teens and lived in like rented rooms with friends, one of my friends that I lived with introduced me to Feng Shui and we would like plot. We'd only rent like bedrooms in a shared house, but we'd plot each bedroom out together and um, do the little what you wanted from for love list and put it in a red envelope and put it in your love corner and uh, that moved on to then another friend introducing me to crystals um, and a crystal shop that we worked by and going in there regularly. So I think it's kind of been quite, it sort of dripped into my life naturally over the years. And then during my 20, like late 20s, it did, it went a bit quiet, life took over, forging at some sort of career took over and I sort of moved away from it. And then in my late 20s, I got I th- I'd, again it's sort of something that had been with me for a while but I had another bad bout of like anxiety and depression and was back in counselling um, and at the same time saw somebody offering angel card readings and Reiki that was literally just down the road from where I lived but this Facebook ad popped up and I was like no I need to try that that's that's what I need to do like this counselling and stuff it's helping me and I don't want to be on these pills. I don't want to be taking, you know, I need to find other ways to help as well. So I went to this lady, she did me a reading and uh, a Reiki session. And then I was going to her regularly for Reiki. And then that sort of got me back into it in sort of my early thirties. I did a course then with Kyle Gray, the Hay House Mm -hmm. angel guy. Um, Yeah. And that's what sort of then inspired me to sort of go out and do stuff publicly. So to do like angel, oracle, Reiki, crystal healing for people to help them. Um, And he really gave his teachings really gave me the confidence away from because he sort of built a beautiful community of people with his sort of his angel team community calls it. So, yeah, so Kyle's community was the first time I'd been around a lot of people that believed the same as me. And 
before it had been sort of like one friend I'd lived with, a couple of friends I worked with. It hadn't been this sort of like, oh, this is a mass of people. Do you know what I mean? And that gave me the confidence, I think, that there was actually lots of people out there that believed this. Uh, and that then gave me the confidence to sort of go out and take it public. And I think uh, one of the things, the weird things the morning before the accident is like, I'll pray to my angels every morning. And while I was driving, I did because I knew, I, you know, you know, don't you? You have that knowing that you're being stupid <laughs> and you shouldn't be doing this and you need something. So I, as I was driving, I was just like, please just make this okay. Please let today be okay. And now I look back and go, it was okay. It wasn't okay in the way that I thought I was asking for it to be okay. I literally meant just get me there and home. <laughs> but actually, yep. they answered in the way that like more of life was okay everything sorted itself out I got to a better place and could see stuff totally differently so their version of okay that day and my version of okay were two different things in the moment but in the grand scheme of things they had a much better plan and it's funny right because that's often the way it works out because you know I can again completely relate to that in terms of the illnesses that I developed because of those, I ended up training in lots of things to get myself better, which then allowed me to do this job. And, and you know, I couldn't be happier because of that. And, but if anyone had said to me, or oh, to help you, we're going to, we're going to make you ill. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that would seem counterintuitive, but, mm. um, it just goes to show we don't know, right? We don't know often what's best for us or often. Mm. Uh, what's in store later down the line off the back of something that we're perceiving as a bad thing yeah and it's that thing isn't it of like the lessons learned reflecting on what we are dealing with or what happens to us to see the bigger picture in it um and that's something I still try and do now as much as possible you, you know reflect at the end of the day kind of thing to so that next time maybe it doesn't have to be a car crash <laughs> maybe yeah. if I learn it a bit quicker then we won't have to go to extremes to show me next time yeah I don't know about you though early on in my journey I needed the extremes I needed mm. like the big <laughs> although yeah. mine was more like a metaphorical car crash <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably but, um... the easier way to do it <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. um I mean, it does make you wonder, you know, if you hadn't said that prayer that day, like, God forbid, who knows if you'd still be here? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Who knows? Yeah. Because that could have been a lot worse. Mm. And it's funny, I, d I don't remember much of, which shows I shouldn't have been driving, doesn't it? I don't remember much of that morning. Um, I remember, yeah, you know, getting in the car, leaving, stopping at a McDonald's for a Coke because I needed something to wake me up. Um mm. But the one thing that clearly in the days afterwards where I was trying to work out everything and pick myself up and, again, not ask anyone for help because I wasn't at that stage where that was something that was possible in life um, because I saw myself as the person that was looking after and helping others, not asking for it. So as I was trying to work it out on my own. But it is that moment of prayer that I, I kept coming back to. So in the days after, and it's like, it was like that bit of the memory being there so strongly, I knew had reason behind it because it was, other than the McDonald's stop, um, which I figured there was probably possibly no real spiritual meaning to. Um, 
it was that <laughs> bit that kind of re- kept reaching out to me and kept prodding me. And then it was kind of like, yeah, that you want me to remember that, don't you? You want me to remember that and see that. And that this has so much more meaning than just my health. I've got to stop and look into all of this. Um, because it was, it was just a, a prod frequently, hourly. I would come back to, I did say that prayer and that, that saved me. That saved me. So it was, it was, it was a constant reminder in the days afterwards. So in terms of like your journey since that, what does that look like? And, and is that influence like the services that you give to other people? Yeah, it, it made me, it made me thirsty for more, definitely. Mm. Um, that until then I'd sort of I'd always loved my crystals I'm literally surrounded constantly um but then I and I'd loved my angels and I'd loved everything I'd learned with Kyle but it it opened up this kind of I need to know more I want to know more this is this is going to help me and others so much I so you know the bookshelf is oh it's it's not even a shelf anymore it's a shelf and a bit and a pile on the floor and kindle full and everything you know what I mean it made me want to and it made me want to shout to others more where before I'd kind of talk to people in groups that I'd joined it kind of made me actively go out it made me kind of want to have that where I had that sort of virtual group of people it once it made me want to have that sort of physical group of people in my local area and stuff as well so I had the accident in 2018 um, and just started, it gave me the confidence as well. I think that like I knew this stuff and I was good at what I did and I didn't need to just take people's feedback that, you know, I'd helped them and just dismiss it. It gave me the confidence as well that there was, that I could go out publicly in it. Um, so I started to do like local fairs and stuff. And as I built my confidence in 2019, I started to sort of, then want to do more and offer more. So decided to go from just readings to healing and coaching and sharing with people like I, how I did it because I try and fit it all in around everyday life and I'm quite blunt about it. And um, as I met people are like, oh, I don't really understand that because, you know, I can't meditate for 45 minutes every day. I'm like, I don't, I meditate for like five. It's fine. It's the process of doing it and giving yourself that space. So wanted to sort of reach out to those people that were like early on their journey and were overwhelmed by it and make it seem really accessible to them because I'd found a way to make it accessible to me. And then, of course, we went into the pandemic, didn't we? And um, so from this desire to have this group of people locally, it ended up as a virtual group anyway. (laughs) But again, it's obviously just the route it was meant to take, isn't it? Um, so, but I found that easier in some respects. Again, it was kind of like that was a way to connect with people at a time when they needed to in short, sharp snippets because people were getting Zoom fatigue or on Zoom so much. So it was kind, I kind of like it helped me find my style, uh, and my yeah. way of doing stuff. Um, and sort of embrace that people that were feeling nervous about, you know, this need to meditate for hours on end 
or do hours of yoga because that was the spiritual thing that's helping people sort of break that down into no you can do your gratitude practice on your phone on an app if that's what works for you and you can do your gratitude practice while you brush your teeth in the morning if you're trying to juggle three kids two dogs a job and everything else um so that's what I try and do now is say is I have a a little membership group where they're all really busy busy people who are dealing with a lot families health jobs everything and it's just saying you know it's just saying to people like no if you need to do your gratitude practice where you brush your teeth you do it then that's absolutely you don't have to be super on the spiritual practice 24 7 to be spiritual if you want to pull one card very quickly once a week that's that's maybe the guidance that you need um yeah so i just like to explain to people that they can bring it all into their lives in a way that suits them and not necessarily what they're seeing everyone else do on the internet because that was another one of my things that before everything happened would kind of stop me was kind of like look how perfectly they're doing it and that comparison piece so now I like to say to people like my Instagram feed is not pretty it's real it's not pretty (laughs) it should be I'm a trained marketing person (laughs) which I think sometimes (laughs) is hilarious because um, I don't do it in this space as pretty or perfectly as I know it can be done Um, but I think for my audience for like the people that find me that's it is what it is I think in many ways that's more powerful right because mm. they get to see the person rather than but like so i don't know about you but i get a bit fed up of seeing these airbrushed super perfect um you know like that kind of that fakeness so mm. when i see something that's real it actually catches my eye a little bit more i'm mm. a bit more drawn to it so yeah and I, I love that message that you were saying about, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And, and you know, I've certainly experienced or come across many people that are um, on paper doing everything perfectly mm. in terms of their spiritual practice. Yeah. So, you know, they're ticking the boxes. They're doing mm. their hour of yoga. They're doing their hour of meditation. Mm. That, you know, in, but when it comes to actually are they living the values of spirituality in terms of, you know, how they're showing up in their day, that could mm. be a very different story, right? So Yeah, definitely. Sometimes it's, you know, what we're doing throughout the rest of the day as well, not just those, like you say, those little practices that are sometimes just, just a bit of a switch to get you mm. to get you in that right frame of mind, right? Yeah, definitely. And we do live in this busy, busy world. And so, you know, I used to scroll through social media and be like, oh, I can't do it like they do it. It's just not me. And in the end, I was just like, no, just do it like I do it because that is me. So, you know, I'll show up on my Facebook lives 90% of the time. I've got not even a scrap of makeup on. And I just say to people like, this is, this is it. You know what I mean? yeah. This is how it comes. My hair's scraped back because I haven't had chance this morning. Do you know what I mean? It's pick five minutes meditation or pull the hair straighteners out. Well, the meditation one this morning. Another day, the hair straighteners a win for sure. But this morning, the meditation one. Um, it's you know, I you know, 
silly things like this is the one crystal I remembered to grab this morning that mm. kind of thing or you know people will be say like oh but to to work with crystals you've got to do this whole thing you've got to like take them out every month for the moon I'm like I don't take mine out every month for the moon that's hours that's hours of a task have you seen how many crystals I've got? <laughs> yeah, I'm literally like I don't even want to get them all out so that my husband twigs how many there are around <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be every month like which ones are you working with which ones are you grabbing daily what are you wearing every day do those and give them a cleanse put them on the windowsill if you can't get them out like let's not let's not be in this frame of mind of seeing like other people do all of this because they're not living your life day to day so if it works for you to shove your necklaces and your rings on the windowsill quick as leave them out grab them again the next morning brilliant that's what works for you and if you know a friend of mine was saying we're trying to be accountability partners and keeping our yoga practice up and she messaged me yesterday and was like how how have you done I was like well I'm wearing the leggings and the top (laughs) that's it today I was like I feel I've acknowledged that I'm trying I got dressed because sometimes even just the act of getting the mat out feels huge right and you know I don't mind telling you this week my yoga practice has looked like laying on my mat that has been most of my yoga practice has been I'm gonna have five minutes just laying on my yoga mat and there was a couple of days where I even put in uh you know a bit of child's pose that was it if that's what you needed yeah that was just like an hour of holding warrior and doing oh. sun salutations or do you know what I mean if that's what you needed I know summer solstice morning I was like I'm gonna go out to the garden I'm gonna do a load of sun salutations it's gonna be yeah. beautiful I'll have like the Stonehenge footage I love watching the Stonehenge footage me too um I just love the vibe that it comes through with you know and it was really quite warm so I did about one and then went I'm just going to sit and look up at the sky actually it's really pretty this morning and so I just sat just looked up at the sky and about 10 minutes later went right I'm just going to go make a coffee now and sit outside and drink my coffee for five minutes so yeah the whole realm of doing it just the best I can is or the or what I in the best way I need yeah um yeah, even if I don't journal my cards every day, you know, I yeah. know that the best practice would be um, to pull my cards, sit with it, reflect on it, journal out the messages. If I don't do that, it sits on my desk with me all day and I look at it throughout the day and acknowledge it throughout the day. And I sort of think, well, if that's how today it works for me as a card, then that's how today it works for me as a card. It's there constantly reminding me throughout the day. And I'm probably more connected to it some days in that respect than I would be if I sat for half an hour in the morning journaling it out, put the journal away and forgot what I journaled. Yeah. So I think it's, and I think a lot of my kind of, my thirst after the car accident and learning all these different things, reading all these different books, everything from like, starseed to witch stuff to reiki crystals energy protection dreams 
yeah, there's something up there somewhere about pretty much everything is crazy. Did help me just go, I like this little bit of this. So I'm going to do that little bit of that. And I like this little bit of this. So I'm going to incorporate that in my way. And, and we evolve constantly, don't we? We change. So the person I was that was obsessed with star signs and, you know, would read them every morning without a doubt. Do you know what I mean? For years and years and years and years. Now, I still follow that in the respect of like my rising sign because I've learned more. So, you know, what we start with isn't what we stick with and we evolve, don't we? So it's keeping that in mind with your practice, isn't it? Of like what worked for me last year won't work for me this year. You know, lockdown year. Yeah, I'd sit for an hour and do a meditation. I had the time. Yeah. And it changes, like you say. Like, I don't know about you, but I find there are times when, um, and, you know, I've done something similar to you. I've I've built a spiritual toolbox, right, from Mm. a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That resonates with me. That that feels really good in my body. You know, those sort Mm. of things. But I have, but I also notice I have, like, phases it can be quite cyclical where you know sometimes I'm more drawn I know like in the autumn time I'm more drawn to like pagan practices whereas Mm. actually say the beginning of the year it I tend to lean more into my Buddhist roots so it I think you're completely right giving yourself permission to allow that to evolve and change and not be one thing or rigid actually helps your development doesn't it It kind Mm. of it it allows you to grow yeah the seasons and the world and mother nature shows us it beautifully because we have that period of time for growth we have that period of time for rest we have that period of time where we're full of color and energy and brightness and we have that chunk of the year where we go more inward and dark and one of the things i found and I was talking to a lady about it who's written a book about um, manifesting as a witch, with mm-hmm. that as women we can lean into all the seasonal cycles and our own cycle. And actually as we work that out, we know when we're best with our business and with our pursuits or with however we want to sort of label it. So I know that I wrote my book over 18, over 18 months in air quotes Strictly speaking, it was about six because, yes, I started it in the April um, because in that growth bit of spring and Easter and ideas coming up, I'm like idea person and I've got this idea and that idea and I want to do all the ideas. And in summer, I'm really good at being creative. And in autumn, I just I'm like you, I just want to spiritually connect. Yeah. And in winter, I hibernate. <laughs> so I'm like a bear. <laughs> yeah. But winter's when I like learn and research and read more and do all of those things. So strictly speaking, it took 18 months to write. It took about six because actually I only wrote in the summer both times. Yeah. I didn't, um, I did a lot of reading of other stuff and a lot of noting of ideas but I didn't actually sit with my laptop typing very much at all, not until the weather had approved. And I wrote 90% of the book sitting outside because I know that's what fuels me. Yeah, so if you acknowledge, if you get to know those cycles 
and work with them for your business, I think that's great because I've just sort of put a message out that I'm not taking new clients now till the autumn. Um, I'll still see my regular people. I would, I will still be there for them for sure. But I know I've got a couple of partnerships where I re, I sort of, I've had the ideas over the last couple of months in my usual, um, sort of April, May, June style. So over the summer, I want to get it all written. I want to get it all produced. I want to get it all made and done and then go back to connecting with people again come the sort of autumn time so and I put that out to people and I feel quite comfortable doing it knowing that that's a my boundaries so I'm sort of you know living what I preach in that respect but b that that's how people get the best out of me completely agree and it is something um in our coaches by Vader qualification we go into in a lot of detail mm. around the cycles of the year your own your own cycles as well because I mean that's something I work with in my business is you know for example if I know I'm launching something I want to do it during that week of my cycle I don't want to be doing it during that week of my cycle yeah you don't want to be doing it during PMS week or low energy week (laughs) you're sort of like barking it you want to enjoy it you want to be at your best (laughs) I want to do it when I'm ovulating and I'm glowing and I'm feeling mm. fabulous. Do you know what I mean? I don't want yeah, to be doing definitely. it when I'm getting ready to menstruate. <laughs> like, it is that, that thing, is isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's huge. And it's something, um, I don't know about you, but when I first like came across that information, I thought, why do we not teach girls this from a really young age that, you know, yeah when you have your cycle this is how it's going to work and this is how it will affect you and that is normal and you don't Mm. have to feel great every week of the month do you know what I mean we don't have to be on it constantly and in fact yeah it's it's not healthy for us to be on it constantly um and I do feel for like I know like some of my friends children have just had like exams and stuff and I do think for the girls and I don't want to separate you know it's harder for them or yeah. something but you know nobody looks at exam time for it. you know girls yeah. might be affected by that we Actually. are as women and and do we you know make the allowances that we should it's great now I see more and more written about you know um workplaces acknowledging menopause and that kind of thing and and certainly as as i start that bit of it all i do think yeah some of the some of the business stuff will slow down at times yeah um and hopefully you know if if lots of female business leaders can lead with that approach it will become more the norm if we all acknowledge it and put it out there that we're acknowledging it then yeah. hopefully it just spreads that message doesn't it that we can't be on it all the time it's it's not healthy. We won't do it at our best. We won't then look back on it in the way that we should reflect on it and look back on it because we won't be in that mindset at the time for one thing. We won't be in that energetic space to look back on it and have enjoyed it if we've done it at the wrong time of the cycle. So it is. It's about even I follow the moon cycles a lot, but actually now I have to take those into account with me and the season and the months and and it isn't as simple necessarily is just oh it's the full moon release stuff it's the new moon you know manifesto it it's 
it's much more individual and everyone's journey is much more individual um because it's the same with like the star sign stuff isn't it not every aquarius is gonna do this today not every <laughs> it's looking into yeah. your whole chart and all of it and i think um I think the more we can put out there that we're looking into all those different aspects as we launch stuff and put stuff out there and help people, the more it just becomes a norm. Completely agree. And it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Because like you saying about the star signs, because um, again, I follow my whole chart. I like mm. I like to know, you know, what's going on in the whole charts. But I do wonder whether you know thinking back to those like just 17 days and shout magazine and stuff yeah whether that ever influenced who I became because I was reading that star sign do you know what I mean so so like for example I'm a Sagittarius mm-hmm. and you know we were talking before I've got my camper van I'm always off on an adventure I um you know I'm 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 probably quite typical Sagittarian, you know. I I mm. I hate being told what to do. I'm really independent. I um, you know, I'm loyal to the a fault, but at the same time, I'm kind of um very happy in my own company. Do you know what I mean? I'm mm. very happy. I'm very, very happy when I'm outside and traveling and on an mm. adventure. And I have to have like an adventure in my life constantly. But I do wonder whether that part of me formed because <laughs> I was reading like just 17 and it was like, this is who you are as a Sagittarian. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It does make I, you wonder whether the, it's a chicken and egg thing. Yeah, we've kind of read it and taken it on board. Yeah. It's interesting, it isn't it? Because I suppose like those, I, I don't even know where kids would get there. Where do teenagers now get their star sign information, or do they? I don't know. Is, is it surpassed into something? Yeah. In, but it's that thing, isn't it, of what is put into your brain and your thought process that mm. early. I'm quite similar, so I'm Aquarius, and I, again, like, I did. I didn't mind being a bit of a loner at school because that yeah. was part of that journey, and that was just who I was. So I didn't really, I didn't like getting bullied, but. I would be okay on my own just as much. And I didn't mind being a bit quirky and a bit different and liking stuff that was different to other people and and did marry my S, so that was fine. But would that crush have, do you know what I mean? Would that crush have lasted so long? If I hadn't have read that piece that I remember like years and years later, would poor little Simon have been forgotten <laughs> much, much quicker than he was? Yeah, who knows? It who is knows? funny, right? Yeah, how much of that influences us? Yeah, but I do think we actually probably because you know I'm a similar age to you, and I think we grew up in a a, a good time for this mm. sort of thing, right? Because um, you know, I remember being a teenager and being in the what my dad used to term the weird and wonderful shops, you know, like the crystal shops and things yeah. like that. You know, we used to live in those places and you know, watch movies like The Craft and, you know, yes. there was like this spiritual undertone to being a bit of a, a teenager. There was, um, well, in the alternative realms, we were probably part of a more alternative group at school. Um, but it is funny, as you were talking about star signs at the beginning, I did think Aquarius. I did think you seemed like oh, an Aquarian. Really? 
<laughs> so, you know, yeah. who knows? Who knows? It's funny, isn't it? Those early age influences. Like you say, like I on a Saturday, I'd go down to like the town with my friend and we, you know, we would look through all the. I remember even then wearing a ring that was um, like the evil eye protection ring. Yeah, yeah. Even back then, like, and a snake. A, I used to wear this big, like, snake ring and then a snake cuff. Um, yeah. And I'd always feel, like, more empowered when I had mm. that around me. And I'd have, like, my eye ring and everything. And it it was. And that's why I say to people, it's so difficult to pinpoint when I started this because it's been more, like you say, like, phases. And it's been like a cycle of like, obviously, what I needed when I was little and connecting with animals. Now I'm like the most ridiculously over the top cat mum that there is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the thing. I don't care. Um, and and then that star sign fate and then you know dropping it a little bit in my 20s and not dropping it to the point I didn't do anything I still had crystal jewelry on every day I still had crystals in my house I still you know was interested and and had a slight connection but not to what I did now and I feel like maybe I needed to have that period where it wasn't such a part of my life to then fully see the benefits again when I did come back to it so I ne- maybe needed that darker period so that this period I'm like so much more confident in it and its abilities and so much more, um, you know, steadfast that I would not let it drop again. Uh, so I needed yeah. that sort of time away to come back. So it, it's it's funny. And it was all around sort of like that Saturn return time as well, which I didn't know anything about until a few years ago where somebody said to me uh, and I was like, oh, mm. But, Which you makes know, sense, right? Yeah, this is it. So, and I've, you know, I've always looked up at the stars and the moon, and you know, it, I even one of my teenage bedrooms after the Take That posters came down, and I stopped like fully messing with my parents by messing everything up that they did decor wise by sticking pages of magazines all over the shop, <laughs> which doesn't seem to happen for kids now. It's such a shame. Um, was it a stars and moons bedroom? It was blue and it had, you know, my mum painted yellow stars on the ceiling and there was, you know, so it, it was. I had the it, same thing. Brilliant. Oh I love it. Yeah, I remember making these like star stencils and like just like painting them all over. Well, I did my ring purple and just painted stars and moons all over it using these stencils, but proper 90s bedroom, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's been with us always. It's just the phases yeah. that it comes, goes back to that thing you were saying about the cycles. It's just how it shows up in different ways as we go on the journey. So 50-year-old me, that I winced at <laughs> slightly, will probably be into, I will probably still have the core beliefs that I have, but could be doing goodness knows what. And that's what I love because I don't have any expectation about what 50-year-old me spiritually will be doing. It will be doing whatever it needs to be doing, Um, even if I wince at the thought of 50-year-old me a little bit still. Yeah, it comes around quick, doesn't it? (laughs) You know, like, I don't know about you, but I think, like, so I'm I'm turning 14, well, not long. And um, I think 
like where did that go like mm. I don't I don't get it I don't remember ever like being near enough to this does that no. make sense almost like yeah I, I think I still see myself in some kind of way it's like 16 mm. and then I have to remember I'm not yeah um, I've actually said to my mum that I feel like she's conspiring and it's all a lie um yeah. because I don't she's like no this is your birth certificate I'm like really I feel like you're lying to me because I don't feel like it can be it just it's not possible well if it makes you feel any better my dad who's nearly 80 says to me he still feels 16 he he doesn't get it doesn't get how he's died it just I think it just carries on that way but lovely it has been gorgeous chatting with you but if people want to know more about you and what you offer and perhaps get in touch book some services how do they do that what's the best way so my website is www.sacredmoon.me me um and on socials i'm at sacred moon uk lovely and we will put those links in the show notes so oh, people can get in touch um it's been lovely lovely chatting with you i've thank loved you it's been soon. gorgeous yeah, reminiscing. I love reminiscing. reminiscing. <laughs> it was fabulous. Um, and yeah, if people want to get in touch, go visit you at sacredmoon.me. That was yeah, it. That's it. www.sacredmoon.me. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. I will be back next week for another episode. Take care. See you Bye. soon. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I so hope you got value and inspiration to take forward into your business. If there's anything you want to share with me, I would love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out. And if you want to support me, if you could leave a review, subscribe, share with your friends, that would be fabulous. In the meantime, you can find out more about me and what I do at my website link is in the show notes otherwise i will see you soon take care